Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Presslaff. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Jasper Tony. Um, tonight we have a very special guest. Um, he's someone I know very well. He's my boyfriend, Kaylee Parrish. Um, <laughs> he's uh, here to talk about gender identity, sexuality, how they influence each other, and a bunch of other stuff. So awesome. it'll be great. So at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk more about uh, Kaylee and what... Uh, Bring, we'll start our news there. But anyways, um, let's kind of uh, do a recap on how everybody's doing this week. Um, staying dry? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Barely. That was, nah. that's uh, like, I'll just jump in. That was like crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, just kind of waking up, watching what was going on, not paying attention because I'm not one of those weather guys. I just, yeah. you know, go out and if it's raining, I get wet. <laughs> if it's cold, I get cold. <laughs> I'm not like that. I don't prepare for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always have milk and eggs and bread. I always yes. have that. But that's not because I'm weird that way. It just, we just always have that. Um, but I, a crazy thing happened. So I was like driving down uh, College Mall Avenue and um, it was like a flood. It was like a river. And yeah. I just kind of took my phone out and I took pictures and a video and I posted it for my, yeah, Yeah. drive safely friends. (laughs) That thing got 35,000 views. Oh my God. And it's still going. I think I'm up to 45,000 or something. I don't know what's up to there, but it was like crazy. I might get like 6,000 views on my Instagram for like a video or something, Mm -hmm. but Facebook I get maybe 10 or something, you know. But I'm like, you know. You and the Pelosi Golf Club. So, yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. But that was crazy. Um, so that's my exciting news, everybody. So Frankie, uh, Frankie went viral. That's fine. I, I went viral on weather, <laughs> oh, which no, I really right. don't care about. Like my important stuff when I'm talking about these kind of, you know, topics that we talk about on um, our show. That's the stuff I want to go viral, right? right? Yeah. But everybody's excited about water and rain and <laughs> flooding. I guess it kind of gets in everybody's way. So I'll, I'll give it to the world. How about you, Melanie? How are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm great. Uh, coming out next week. You're and coming what out? No, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Uh, it's too soon. Coming up. Um, so coming up next week uh, for me is the uh, pre-flag meeting. Right. We had to reschedule because of the polar vortex. And uh, that was me. I apologize. Uh, ding in the background. Um, and uh, that is a – we're not – an actual PFLAG right. uh, group yet. We need to get some final things from the government, mm-hmm. and so we're waiting on those. But we are trying to get the word out for uh, parents and families of, and friends of uh, LGBT folk to come together, you know, uh, for camaraderie and support and information and all of that. Uh, and that's going to be actually next week. Okay. On Wednesday, so I won't get to announce it right, right. again. But- uh, and it's um, at twenty six twenty North mm-hmm. uh, or North Walnut 
and it's in the office building to the right in the the um, parking lot. And uh, just follow the signs, and it'll be great. It's a little pitch in. It's like a potluck. It's a potluck. Right. And uh, um, come by and you know find out what we're all about and bring uh, bring ideas and concerns and whatever you got. Okay, great. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited, but I'll be there. Yeah. So what else? I'll stop the party. What time is it? it oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> six, six to eight. Six to eight, yeah. Six to eight, yeah. Got so, it. And we'll announce it on Community Minutes, and we'll have it on our website. How yeah. about you, Jasper? How are you doing? We haven't had you in here in a little bit. Yeah, man. It's been a while. Uh, I've been I've been learning. You know? Learning. So, yeah, school is, school is fun. School is fun. Oh, like to hear that? Hear that, kids? <laughs> I, it's weird. Like, usually... During the winter, I'm so used to it being cold, so I'm always depressed and sad and all that. But now that, you know, it's raining and warm and all that, I'm trying to find something to be depressed about, and I can't oh so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's a good. false sense yeah. of hope, though. Good. It's going to come back, all the ice and snow. I look at you, Ms. I know. Tom, Sorry, so Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> yeah, darn you. Um, <laughs> Didn't you yeah. listen to the groundhog? We're supposed to get spring. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spring's on its way. And how are you doing, Ireland? I'm great. Um... You know, just dealing with the rain like everyone else. I was terrified this morning uh, when, the, like, there were flash flood warnings yeah, and I was getting alerts. And, and, yeah, <laughs> um, but we're alive, so that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a positive. So now it's going to we'll be ice skating now. So we'll be, you know, go from um, paddling our little boats to getting our skates on. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting with this weather here okay what's going on in lgbtq news melanie oh okay source from lgbtq nation uh trump's most extreme anti-lgbtq judicial nominee may be confirmed this week uh naomi rao uh, is undergoing hearings this week ahead of a possible confirmation to the u.s court of appeals for the dc circuit court taking uh the seat on the court vacated by supreme court justice brett kavanaugh her nomination won't go without a fight, as several rights, organiza- uh, several rights organizations have stepped up against the nominee, pointing to her long history of statements opposing the rights uh, of minorities, blaming victims for their own sexual assaults. Rao's past has included writings for her collegiate years, including a 1994 essay in the Washington Times where Rao argued that, quote, multiculturalism was undermining American culture, saying, quote, multiculturalists argue that, culture society and politics have been have been defined and presumably defiled by white male heterosexuals hostile to their way of life for example homosexuals want to redefine marriage and parenthood in today's hearing she attempted to reframe what she said then claiming it was simply a push for quote more unification Rao has also long been soft on sexual abuse, oftentimes blaming the victim in such cases. Lambda Legal highlighted Rao's use of offensive racial slurs, such as referring to people as Oreos in past writing. Yeah. In today's hearing, Rao is unwilling to say that Brown versus Board of Education, a landmark case that ended school segregation, was correctly decided. She also refused to speak to her views on Griswold versus Connecticut, which struck down a law that criminalized the use of contraceptives or Roe versus Wade. She also refused to go on record about her views toward same-sex marriage and if it is, quote, sinful, saying instead that she would put her personal views to one side and, quote, faithfully follow the precedents of the Supreme Court. The Alliance for Justice has also spoken out about the confirmation with AFJ President Nan Aaron paying, paying close attention to her statements on sexual abuse. He said in a statement, Senators should understand that a vote to confirm Naomi Rao is a slap in the face to some of the most vulnerable people in the country. 
In April of 2017, Rao was nominated by President Trump as the administrator of the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs uh, within the Office of Management and Budget. She has never had to try a case in front of a court, a state court, nor in a court of appeals, and has not previously served as a judge. Trump initially nominated Rao to replace Brett Kavanaugh in November of last year, but her nomination was returned to the president at, an adjur- as, at the adjournment of the previous Congress. He renominated her on January 23rd. As of that date, the administration has confirmed 85 judges, including two Supreme Court justices. The majority of these have been extreme right voices. Wow. Hmm. So what are our thoughts on this one? She's a horrible person, let alone a horrible yeah. judge. I yeah. mean... Yeah, it's just, this is uh, one of his wonderful picks yeah. to make more awfulness. I, I feel like, I mean, it should be common sense that people who say such, like, obviously discriminatory things, um, it should just be common sense that we don't allow them to be, jud- like, on, like, the most, like, the highest courts of the country. Like, I just don't understand, but I guess that's just what comes with this administration yeah and then they get approved and you know and then they're gonna sit there forever right there's not an easy way to get rid of them i mean it's just you know i don't know legislation you just kind of push through trying to you know uh fix the problem over on the other side Mm -hmm. um i mean that's what happens with a lot of these appointment appointees because they're there for Along till they die, right? And and this <laughs> isn't much. something like legislation where you have any kind of input right. on it. It these people are just stuck in place, and once they're there, it's it's this silent uh, cancer, I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, that they just sit there and they they can have influence on people's lives for you know forty years or so. Yeah, it, it's sad to see that you know people who make the judgments are people with bad judgment. I, I, <laughs> it, yeah. It, yeah. Just her, you know, views on how blaming people who've been sexually harassed and whatnot that I mean, people who already, you know, who've been abused sexually already blame themselves to an an extent. So blaming them. I mean, just things like that. She she is a horrible person. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, sometimes these people get into these positions and they do see the light. But I mean, she's got a career at where she is. Um, so I don't know what light's been shining for a while. Right. She can't see it now. Yeah. So hopefully she won't destroy too many people's lives. Um, I hate to, you know, <laughs> I, it just, I don't know. I mean, I just, yeah. you know, I, I, maybe something good will come that she will, I don't see angels or something. <laughs> I don't, you know, I you know, don't know what to say in these situations with, with this, but be angry and. Um, we got to vote. Yeah. <laughs> we got to vote, vote people. Um, so, Ireland, what's going on on your side of the news world? Um, for centuries, uh, male violence and acts of aggression were often the way that power was understood and patriarchy upheld. Recently, in more moderate societies, this has become somewhat tempered, yet it is it still exists in different forms and has now been given the name toxic masculinity. This phrase has long been used by academics to define regular acts of aggression used by men in positions of power to dominate people around them. In the late 1980s, Australian sociologist Raywin Connell described the ways that white middle-class men used their power and positions to suppress traditionally socially marginalized groups such as women, gay men, and working-class men. This idea has such been extended to include other behaviors, such as aggressive competitiveness and intolerance of others. Now, in the wake of recent movements supported by celebrities and public figures, 
and the alleged sexually abusive behaviors of some prominent men coming to light, the idea of toxic masculinity has started to gain more currency in wider society. The recent increase in, con in concern about toxic masculinity has come from several, several quarters. As the celebrity-backed Time's Up movement continues to call for an end to sexual harassment and inequality in the workplace, the Everyday Sexism Project collates day-to-day -day experiences of those who have suffered the consequences of toxic actions. Meanwhile, incidents of uh, violence and aggression from high school shootings to road rage have been characterized as examples of toxic masculinity, but there are more common acts of male aggression that might be better illustrate the extent of the problem. These include women being made to feel unsafe in public due to unwanted attention from men. It can also be more subtle in that presenting as men, presenting as men making public comments to women, which are often sexual and derogatory. But women are not the sole victims of toxic masculinity. Men can be affected just as deeply by these acts. Even if men are not directly targeted by an act of toxic masculinity, the culture of it can force them to suppress their own feelings in order to fit in with narrow expectations of masculinity that suggest emotions are weak. Under this idea, men who are naturally physically strong and those who are weak are, quote, snowflakes. Warnings that a backlash against male behaviors that are considered to be toxic uh, will result in a society where boys will not be able to be boys misses the point and suggests that to be a man necessarily means to be aggressive and domineering. Just as not all men per perpetrate acts of toxic, toxic masculinity, not all fit a standard, standard mold of manhood. Many men might be struggling with their sexual identity or have never had opportunities afforded to others because of their social class. They might not be working or parenting their children full time. They might also be men who at some point have been su subject to toxic comments or violence from other men. There needs to be far greater recognition that the way that some men, especially powerful and privileged men, express their masculinity is not the only way, as well as greater recognition that the term masculinity itself is dynamic, not fixed. Arguably, there is no right way to be a man. Rather than engaging in toxic practices, men who are in privileged, privileged positions should be able to recognize that they can be agents for change to the benefit of all. This is a message for everyone. There is no new war on men, and there is no need for any anyone to prove their masculinity through aggression, and it's time to put an end to toxic masculinity. That comes from Yahoo News. So... I think that's a great piece. I yeah. enjoyed reading it, and... Um, yeah, it kind of outlines like what toxic masculinity is all about and why, you know, it's it's been something that's been in the news more recently and, you know, um, that's been like talked about more openly, I think, in recent years, which is great because it's something that's been a problem for decades. So centuries, centuries, forever yeah. since we've so forever, yeah. <laughs> decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and, and it's going to take decades too to, you yeah. know, to change generations and you know, um, get people to kind of come aboard. I think it happens. I mean, it's, you know, kind of one family at a time. And Well, and, and there are people who have really invested in this idea, men and women, mm -hmm. you know. And um, it, I saw a post from someone I won't name uh, who uh, was, you know, talking about John Wayne and, you know, real men. Real and, man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> who, who's John Wayne? Generation doesn't even know who that guy is. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so John Wayne was a, a movie actor from the what fifties and sixties, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, played in a lot of uh, you know movies cowboy about movies, right? uh, cowboy movies and about uh, war, wartime right. movies, World War Two, and actually never served. Right. Um, and you know he's got the swagger, he's got right. the I don't care kill attitude, kill Americans them all, killing and... Native Americans left and right. Um, 
And actually, he was married, what, three or four times to uh, Hispanic women. So, you know, there was like this, <laughs> you know, he's portraying these characters who are, you know, really not great role models for anybody. For, for that generation. For that was. generation. That was yeah. the, and, but that's what it was. It was yeah, that was, was the, like, that's like from people from my generation dealing with their fathers that that was the role models is mm-hmm. kind of, you know, male chauvinist pigs. Not all of them, but, you know, yeah. some, you know, but that was kind of what was taught, you know, that mm-hmm. you had to be a man. You couldn't cry. You, you know, had to go out and punch him in the nose and mm-hmm. swagger, you know, swagger, there. bang, bang. The right. gun is mm-hmm. the gun is justice. Right. Right. And, and then, that leads to a whole bunch. Yeah. Of I mean, but it's as we talk about this, it kind of swings back into today and yeah. you know, punch him in the nose and bang, bang. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think that's, where are we going? <laughs> yeah, I think it's at the root of a lot of, you know, problems that we have in the world today. I feel like. Um, especially this administration, toxic masculinity is a, right. a big factor in how people are acting, certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. It, I mean, it's, I mean, even as a child, I was taught, you know, you, you got to act like a man. And, and, and I never understood what that definition. Don't run like a girl. Yeah. Right. You, you know, don't you know, cry like a don't girl. Cry, don't throw don't, a ball like a girl. Yeah. Don't show your emotions. Right. And, I mean, that was the. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and you know, what's crazy too, like. A, a lot of women in my life actually bullied me into to believing that as well. You know, being masculine and portraying uh, portraying these certain feelings, and I mean, it, it's been rooted. So I don't know how we'll overcome it. You know, this toxic masculinity. So, do you are you aware of it when you kind of find yourself in that situation? Or oh, are you mm-hmm. past that? Or no, do you I, still have your moments where it's oh, like, "I am man, hear me roar." <laughs> <laughs> In any situation, especially like when I when I deal with relationship wise, I got I got to think of what a man would do or or what what my dad would do because I, honestly that that's who I look to as who's a man you know mm-hmm. you know what he's done but but then I talk to my friends and they're like oh that's not what a man would do and I'm like so <laughs> for instance. Oh, just throw it out. I'm not yeah, you're trying to get me to uh, tell on myself <laughs> now. It, well, just I mean, in a situ- I can tell you a situation that gets okay. me in trouble sometimes, and holding a door open, uh-huh. mm. and I'm just I got clobber on the head with a purse <laughs> when I <laughs> hold a door open for a lady, yeah. and it's like you know I have PTSD when I like go to the door and I'm like thinking what do I do? I'm starting to sweat because you know I'm going to offend somebody, yeah. mm-hmm. and I just do it, you know, or yeah. hold my mom again. I get hit on the head if I didn't hold a car door. Open exactly. For a woman. You know, I never know when to be chivalrous right. and not. And so. Well, and and that that I think is the changing landscape too. I mean, right. it really, is that the chivalry thing is is kind of uh, like that word. you know uh, <laughs> something that is right. seen as uh, uh, bad. However, right. if you're just a nice person, you're holding the door. Right. right. So where does that? expectation that somebody's holding the door open because they're being chivalrous and therefore misogynistic right. and all that right. or is it just a good thing to do to right. and you're person, right and you're you right know? and i think it's just kind of a generational thing and it's how you you know but it, it gets you into a lot of trouble and it's just like you know i i mean i would hold a door open for a man i'm of course i don't have a problem with that but you know i it's just first instinct to hold a door open for a lady you know and, you know, and, and I have to kind of think that situation. And many times I'll hold the door open and she'll go through and she'll hold the door open. Yeah. And then I'll go through and whatever. And it's, but it is, it's just, it was beaten into me. So how <laughs> many, the, how many coats have you ruined by laying them across, uh, Mont A couple, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I was that guy at one time that really was, you know, back when I had girlfriends. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it was. It was just that's what you, you know, held the door open and you, you know, you did those things and, you know, pulled the chair, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And which I think is nice, but I think it's like if I'm on a day, I mean, I don't think Kelly would let me do that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe hold the door open. Um, but it's just, it, it can be kind of, you know, as a, when you're trying to be, yes, a, a, a nice person and, and I, and, and then you want to equalize stuff yeah. and you don't want, <clears throat> You know, to step on anyone's toe or to offend anybody, mm-hmm. and you know it, it can be really difficult. I think at times when you you think you're doing the right thing, you're just being nice, mm-hmm. but there's so much mm-hmm. um, weight that comes with that, right? And that's what then gets you into trouble, and you you know somebody else pops a purse on your head <laughs> <laughs> or a backpack. It's got to be purse, Frankie. <laughs> it's, it's, well, my mom carried a big old purse, <laughs> pocketbook. It wasn't a purse; it was a pocketbook. Um, so I think what we need to do is take a music break and. A as soon as our music break is over, we'll be back with more.
Welcome back. You've been listening to Alex Lilly's Cut, Distracting Me. And uh, we're going to come right into this uh, bit that I've been working on for a while is um, this is the season to get really serious about legislation. Uh, I don't know if you're the kind of people who get into uh, all the bills and, and all the the rigmarole that goes along with that. But really this, this middle part of February is when bills go through uh, their committees and they're discussed and they're either dropped or they're picked up and then they get writers and they get you know, rewritten. And, um, and this is also the time when average citizens, like all of you listening, uh, can call up and that's the best way to get a hold of them. Call up your legislators, your state senators and your representatives uh, directly and let them know what you feel about particular bits of legislation. Now you can go online and find uh, indiana.gov. You can go and search through all of them, but I have been doing that for you. Uh, and we have a number of bills here that relate either directly to uh, um, bias crimes uh, or relate tangentially to the LGBT community or even still directly, but not bias crime. I'm going to read uh, which bill it is. Uh, if you have pencil and paper at home, you might want to write these down so you can kind of get an idea of what to look up and uh, talk to your senator about and say yay, nay, uh, whatever. And then, uh, and you can also look these bills up individually. You just pop it in and it'll come right up off of Google to, uh, to give you the full language so you can understand it better. So without further ado, let's start with House Bill number 1231. Uh, it's a ban on conversion therapy. Uh, this isn't the bias crime bill, but it uh, prohibits a mental health provider from engaging in conversion therapy with a patient less than 18 years of age and subjects a mental health provider who violates the prohibition to disciplinary action. So that's Indiana's uh, uh, answer to the ban on childhood conversion therapy that we've seen in um, was it New Jersey and mm -hmm. New York and, and all over the place. So, and I think California, California's working on it too. Is it getting any kind of support one way or another? Right now we don't know because it's not, it's not uh, wormed its way into committee. But this is something you can call your, your uh, representative up. It's in the House and say, look, this is really important to me. You know, uh, I don't believe that children should be put through that. It's actually torture. If you read any uh, reports on conversion therapy, the kids are tortured in it mm -hmm. and it's um there's some scary stories out there and one was probably three mm -hmm. or four years ago i remember where it was a, a young boy young teenager and I, this was done within his church and they basically kidnapped him and you know held him hostage and yeah. tried to pray the devil out of him but beat the heck out of him i think he had some emotional issues prior to that even yeah um and the poor guy i mean obviously you can imagine what that was you know would, would do to an individual but to, to have legislation that would give thumbs up i'm sure they're going to say there's guidelines to you know how conversion therapy might work but you know i think we're all sitting but there's no evidence. There there's doesn't. no absolutely no and, evidence. And um, you know and, they can you know, religious freedom their way right. around it, but really there's no evidence for it working with anyone. Right. But there is evidence for it causing people to commit suicide right. and develop P 
PTSD and other issues. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, it it just does harm. Not the most loving thing to do to your child. No. Um, but okay, let's go to the the bias crimes because that's so much fun. Senate Bill Number Twelve. Uh, the bias motivated crimes makes it an aggravating circumstance for purposes of imposing a criminal sentence uh, that a crime was committed with the intent to harm or intimidate an individual or a group of individuals because of certain perceived or actual characteristics of the individual group or individuals. This all sounds really legal and stuff, but um, those words are important. Uh, it requires law enforcement agencies to report bias motivated crimes to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh this is in committee. It might die there. There wasn't a whole lot of support that was seeing, you know, you can tell if people add their names onto it. Um, and this didn't really have a lot as of the last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, one of the reasons why it might die is that it doesn't, uh, provide for any enhanced, um, uh, sentencing. So mm-hmm. some of the bills will provide for enhanced sentencing guidelines. Uh, some of them don't do anything, but we'll get into that. Um, it, this one does say that the, the bias-motivated crimes should be reported to the FBI, which helps nationally give an idea of uh, the scope of the problem of bias crimes uh, for for all everybody uh, uh, who's listed. So uh, then there's Senate Bill number 75. Uh, another bias crime bill makes it an aggravating circumstance for the purpose of imposing criminal sentence uh, that the crime was committed with the intent to harm or intimidate an individual because of certain or perceived uh, actual characteristics of the individual uh, requires reporting. Um, this is one that was authored by Bray, who is the uh, Senate president and uh, very conservative. He's the one that kind of, it. yeah, and he he's the one that we reported earlier, put it into a committee where supposedly it would die, but there's been a lot of action on it, so much so that Bray actually removed his name from it, even though he's the author. Um, <clears throat> this might actually go somewhere. It does include, and he wrote it in there, uh, it does include trans folk, which has been a, a, a sticking issue for uh, pretty much everybody. The Democratic Party in Indiana wants full inclusion of everyone. Right. Um, but a lot of uh, religious groups are, are asking uh, conservatives to pull that. Um, and I, I'm kind of, you know, cheering for it. Uh, some of the language uh, would uh, emphasize uh, bias as a motivator. Not sure what the sentencing structure would mm-hmm. be, but it's hopeful. Uh, Senate Bill number 469 uh allows for someone who suffered a personal injury or property damage because of a criminal offense uh, or delinquent act to bring a civil action to recover damages. This is uh, in case of a bias crime again. Uh, it uh, requires a court when sentencing an individual who has committed a crime that is motivi- motivated by bias uh, against another individual's uh, race, color, creed, disability, national origin, religion, sexual orientation, gender, or gender identity, to impose an additional fixed term of imprisonment not to exceed five years in the case of a felony or three years in case of a misdemeanor. This actually names it, which is really good. Uh, Still in committee, but uh, Stoops has signed on to it. Uh, And I want to, you know, let it be known that, again, that our governor, Republican governor, is behind getting a fully inclusive uh, uh, bias crime law passed. This 
the session. And that's why we're seeing a whole lot of them. Uh, but then again, we have uh, the next one is Senate Bill number 599. Bias-motivated crimes enhances the sentence for a crime committed, one, due to a real perceived immutable characteristic or religious belief of the victim, and two, with the intent to cause bodily injury or to cause the victim to feel terrorized, frightened, intimidated, or threatened. The problem with that one is there's no uh, wording in it uh, to um, <clears throat> state what a uh, real or perceived or what an immutable characteristic is. So there's no definition. Mm -hmm. It's wide open, uh, which can be good. Right. Um, but it can also be, well, it can be exclusionatory right, too. Right. So exclusionary, sorry. Exclusionatory? <laughs> <laughs> uh, House Bill 1020 uh, makes it an aggravating circumstance for the purpose of imposing a criminal sentence. The crime is committed within the intent to harm or intimidate an individual or a group of individuals because of certain perceived actual characteristics or the individual or group of individuals requires law enforcement agencies to report hate crimes to the FBI. Oh yeah. The one before didn't, right. uh, didn't include that. Uh, and, uh, to adopt no later than January 1st, 2020 minimum standards for training of law enforcement officers regarding identifying hate crimes, responding to hate crimes and reporting hate crimes. That's another thing that's really essential is to, to train the officers. Most of these other bills don't include that. Right. Um, and that's so important it, because to, to understand what, you know, you're going against and what this means. And it's just, you know, you, you grow up with your own biases of what you think a hate crime is or mm -hmm. what a crime is. And then for them to actually, which makes sense. And it sounds like it's just, you know, elementary in the sense that of course you would put this in. And of course there should be training that goes along with that. Right. Um, Cause that would solve probably a lot of problems um, and, and educate a lot of people. It would. And um, you know, and, and just law enforcement officers need right. to, to know what the scope of their right. job is and, and to, Right. include some of this and i think you, might you know, know that some communities do a really good job with um you know educating their officers okay. that are communities that have more minorities and you know more lgbtq type or types yeah cops <laughs> <laughs> folks out there um but it, you know it's it's important and, yeah. and but it's a community by community and that's kind of what, what happens now right and this would be statewide yeah. so it would be mm -hmm. re required for everybody which uh, is important. There right. were other news stories about uh, officers who made certain insensitive comments who were uh, fired for it. Right. And, um, and now there's a push to get some of them reinstated, but we won't go into that. <laughs> uh, House Bill number 1203, bias-motivated crimes, establishes a sentencing procedure that requires a court when sentencing an individual who has committed a crime that is motivated by bias uh, against an individual the individual perceived age, ancestry, color, creed, disability, ethnicity, family status, gender identity, military service, national origin, race, religion, sex, or sexual orientation to impose an additional fixed term of imprisonment, not to exceed five years if the offense is a felony or three years if the offense is a misdemeanor, and requires law enforcement agencies to report biased crimes to the FBI. Um, it's inclusive. It has enhanced sentencing and reporting requirements. Uh, not a lot of action in committee so far, though. 
Well, mm-hmm. this is great stuff. So we'll um, include a link on our um, website where people can go and you know look a lot of this up, and we'll continue talking about this uh, or these bills that will be introduced or not, um, so we get more conversation. So thank you for doing all that research. Oh that's, yeah, that's yeah. A, a lot of work, and um, you know JD Ford, who um, was the representative up north. Um, we talked about maybe him coming on at some point. So maybe mm. next week or two, we could actually have JD come back on. Speak and about it. Speak about that. So yeah. here's JD. <laughs> and, and, and there's so, there's so much complexity to, right. to all these. Really, uh, you know, look them up and maybe we can give a link to it. I'll, I'll put up a PDF right. of, of all the right. ones so you can see it for yourself. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to take a music break, community updates, and start our next segment after that. We'll be right back with more of Blooming Out. We're just going to take a quick community update. Um, on February 12th, I think that's Tuesday, next Tuesday, we have an open mic at the Block House at 205 South College Avenue. Um, this is from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. All types of performances are welcome. Slots are 5 to 10 minutes. Um, sign up for your performance at 7. The show begins at 7.30. And then we have on Valentine's Day, that's Thursday, um, the 14th. We have Love Thyself Valentine's Day Benefit Dance Party at the Block House. This is a Valentine's Day basement dance extravaganza and benefit for Trans Lifeline. Um, It is a $5 suggested donation and all proceeds go to Trans Lifeline. There is lots of fun prizes. There's a competition for Best Dressed. There, you can also win amazing donations from local businesses, and there will be drink deals. Um, this is a 21-plus event. You're currently listening to... This is Boomerang from Alex Lilly's 2% Milk 2019 album. Um, that's all I have for the updates. Today we have Kaylee Parrish, a 22-year-old local who's here to talk about gender identities that fall outside the male-female binary. But first, a recording. I was playing softball at the time. It was like seventh grade, spring of my seventh grade. I hadn't like really told anybody. I had told like my really close, like two or three friends and like this one girl that I thought was my friend and she ended up telling her mom who was the coach at the time and we get back in from practice everybody's heading back to the locker room and I get pulled to the side by her mom and she was like 
you can't go in there. And I was like, why? And she was like, she told me about your lifestyle choices and I can't have you around those other girls because you might do something. She put me in the men's locker room with the dudes that, like the other boys, so that I would change in there, which was cool. I wanted to tell my mom about it, but like I couldn't because I hadn't told her yet. So I just kind of dealt with it. And then my mom eventually ended up finding out, obviously, about all of this. And um, she didn't know it was because of me being gay. She thought it was just because I like wasn't as girly as the other girls. My name's Kaylee. I am from Indianapolis. Um, yeah, I identify as a lesbian. I don't know. Like, it's just become, like, something that, like, isn't, like, my only identifier, but a huge identifier. I knew I haven't been straight since I was in, like, kindergarten. I was, like, sitting there wondering why I was, like, identifying well with the boys being, like, yeah, girls are dope. They're gross, but also, like, not gross. It was really hard for like a really long time because it just like made me start to like just hate myself like hate everything I was everything about who I am like everything that I liked like I was like I shouldn't like this because like I hung out with guys all the time and played sports and played video games and chased after girls that's all I did I was like every other teenage boy I just happened to be in this body I was born a girl <laughs> but I um, go by he him pronouns. I, I don't really know how to describe it. I guess more non-binary, masculine presenting, non-binary. I'm pretty okay in the body that I have. It's just like I do have some dysphoria about some things that if I did have the opportunity to fix, I would fix. I for sure would never go through with a full transition. I know that. Like I would never get the lower half of the gender reassignment surgery, I guess. Top surgery for sure is something that I really want to look into just because I feel like I get dysphoria from my boobs. You know what I mean? It just like, it doesn't fit with what I think. I mean, subconsciously, I feel like I've known for a really long time that I haven't been cisgender, but um, just really recently, it's been something that I've been able to look at, I guess, a lot more and be able to like finally like play with and be able to present, I guess, the way that I want to present. I've gotten to the point now where like I I don't shop in the women's section anymore, which is awesome. So now I can I can go and like buy boxers and I'm finally using the pronouns that I want to use and every aspect of my life I feel like I'm getting to finally maybe not fully but like slowly let that like seep in. Welcome Kaylee. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a great episode. Thank you. Thank I you. I made really, it myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was it was really good. <laughs> and thank you for being, you know, just open and honest and willing to, to share so much. I mean and there was a, a short there's more to this. Mm -hmm. Obviously we're gonna talk about a little bit of it today, but uh, I think there's more of an episode that you're working on, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll have we'll we'll have that on. Uh, hopefully soon but thank you again for for being part of the crew today and um i guess where do we want to start um so you're uh here you, uh, did you grow up in bloomington uh no i'm actually from avon indiana okay yeah huh? up north okay so you're a transplant <laughs> out here transplant out here for college yeah right so tell us a little bit about kind of we can kind of pick up from where we were or uh, where we left off with the, the segment as far as you know you as individual and and d jump in Ireland yeah, as far as sure. cause, you know this is <laughs> so your yeah so um tell us about like uh being you know non-binary but also having that masculine presenting element of it like using he him pronouns but also identifying as non-binary yeah it's for sure really tricky I guess um it's just weird because like I know hearing that like little segment and then 
talking about this now it's like hard to explain like i don't know how to explain it without like not making some side of it like angry you know what i mean like some side of people being like well wait a second that's like not what that means you know what i mean and stuff like that but i don't know just genuinely speaking like i'm not cisgendered i don't really fall into the female binary um other than just what my body is at the moment and then i also obviously don't fall into the male binary because i'm not i guess biologically that but um i don't know i just I'm just kind of floating in the middle, I guess. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's just really weird. I'm still kind of figuring everything out, but yeah. So do you identify at all with the term transgender? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still, I guess, in 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 regards to time out of the closet, I'm not really, I'm an, I'm an older gay, but in terms of like finding out my like gender identity, I guess I'm I'm very young in that aspect. Right. I'm still mm-hmm. weeding, weeding through it, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's it's tricky. Yeah, it's a tricky time. The non the non binary waters are yeah uh, new to a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, so trying to you know work through that too. I mean, when you had just the binary to choose from, yeah. Um, number one, that that does not fit everybody <laughs> at all, right. and uh, and even trans folk. Yeah, and so that discussion about and and self, you know, uh. uh exploration about okay this is new territory so i totally get yeah it's just one of those things that i'm starting to really recently actually like the last like year or so really get into and dive into and explore i guess and so when people when you're out at the grocery store and people are you know oh god you know ha- <laughs> trying to figure out or not offend Ooh. or whatever or they don't care oh no people or- are fully fine with offending me they love that do they oh yeah you, so that's I just I to me that I just yeah I don't know I get I get it at work a lot I get it at work yeah mm-hmm. um I've gotten explicit instructions that I am not allowed to explicitly say where but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean at work um I do work on Kirkwood so a lot of the um clientele that I deal with isn't necessarily the so are they just mean about it or oh just yeah dumb? oh yeah no we have I guess I've both. had I've had guys that are upset that I've kicked them out for whatever reason call yep. me a dude and say like take your gauges out like you look like a dude and it's like well listen dude like that's the whole point right. <laughs> like that right. is the whole entire right. point of this right and like in grocery stores like I get the the look up and down and then the ma'am and I'm like, I, it's it's whatever you want to do. So, right? we'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you address – so somebody that's, let's say, is just polite and they're trying – they're at the grocery store and they're waiting on you and they want to not offend and they're like, you know, I don't – where do we go with it? And, and so what would, what would you prefer? Yeah, I mean in those situations, like if you're being genuine about it, I really don't have any problem being right. like, it's, it's he, thank you though. But like in the situations where you're kind of more spitting your questions at right. me and spitting what you're mm-hmm. saying at me, it's more one of those things where I'm like, I don't really care enough to spare your feelings in the situation. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like you clearly need to be checked. So – checking you i i guess i have to do you know what i mean i've had people come in and call me that or it oh uh, yeah yeah you know what i mean it's it's a good time oh, it's yeah. fun <laughs> but Love it, that part. on the notes it says you um still identify as a lesbian yeah like i said it's tricky it's, it's right re- it's real <laughs> tricky just, wait, wait just a second i just well, <laughs> hold on a second <laughs> i just saw some fallacies <laughs> fallacies <laughs> it's interesting to think about how sexuality like ties right. into gender identity because right. yes. a lot of it and influences each other but mm-hmm. a lot of it is completely separate from right. each other yeah. like how do you think why do you think the like the um 
like calling yourself a lesbian is important to you? I don't know. I just feel like that's like been like my most like solid like anchor that I can hang on to right. this whole time. Like it's been like the one thing that I've been able to be like, this is my safety right. net. Because that's what you've identified as since you were like 13, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably. So it's been one of those things that's really been helpful to it. I don't know. I, I feel like it's most likely going to change as I get through this mm-hmm. and move on and inevitably when we end up moving and stuff like that. So is it about community? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, I don't know, just in my experience, I just like, I never get a good vibe from like the male community. It's always just like very like aggressive and like, I don't fit in there. Like, the gay male community? The... Not even just the gay male community, straight men as well. I get like, I'm either like bros with the straight guys or they like don't want anything to do with me. And it's like the same with the gay guys. You know what I mean? It's very interesting. And then how about with the lesbian? Oh, I'm the, I'm a big hit. You're a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do they, you know, I mean, and everybody's okay with you. You know, you're, you identify, you're, I'm yeah. a lesbian. Oh, here I am, like, stumbling around <laughs> trying to, <laughs> lesbian and my transgender. I mean, yes. when, uh, as far as explaining to the community, your friends, as you're, I mean, I, I guess it's a, it's a generational thing within, right. like, again, I, I always go back to kind of the old age of where I am. And it's just like you fit in a box. And, and you, you stay kind of you box. stayed in your box, <laughs> yeah. and it was a safe box. Yeah, and you know they were over here, and you're over there, and it was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, and now mm-hmm. it's you know things have progressed quite a bit. There's holes in the box. There's a, now. yeah, the, there's, there's no box. The <laughs> yeah, box there's is no gone. boxes. Yeah, <laughs> well, and the holes in the boxes are great because that's that means you can breathe some. Right. Yeah, um, right. it'll be the breathing room. Is yeah, always very those nice. are important. Great <laughs> metaphor, guys. Great metaphor. Give me some quality content on the video today. Yeah. And that's been something that's been evolving in, in the lesbian community, too, is, yeah. you know, it used to be this, like, oh, my God, there's a rash of butch lesbians uh, transitioning. And so it's this fad and they're they're going for male privilege because male privilege is, you know, uh, great and you get to do all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff. Um, but that came from a place of not really understanding what trans is or, mm-hmm. or even non-binary. It wasn't even a yeah, thing right. back then. Uh, so as... You know, as the the lines blur, um, I think there's a lot more acceptance. I think there's a lot more. But what do you, what has been your? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you said there's. I mean, the people that I choose to surround myself with now are a lot different than the people that I tried to surround myself with when I was new to this. You know what, what I mean? Like mean, when you're like, like when you're like a young gay in the community, you're just trying to latch on to people that get right, you. You know okay. what I mean? You're looking for people that are like the same as you. But now it's more just. I'm just around people that, like, just don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I had to sit a couple of my friends down the last couple of months and be like, listen, like, this is what I'm doing. These are my pronouns. I need you guys to be cool with it. If you're not cool with it, obviously, we're going to have some problems. (laughs) And all of them have been really receptive to it and really great about it. Um, But, again, there's always going to be pushback. You know what I mean? There's always going to be people that... What do you think is the most difficult thing for people? Why is there so much pushback? I don't know. I just don't know if it's because they're, like, I've got a lot of guys that come in that make comments that are, like, worried about me, like, hitting on their girlfriends. I've got guys, (laughs) which, like, again, like, I don't have any need to. You know what I mean? Like, I get enough creepy girls that come in on the reg (laughs) anyway. (laughs) Um, But, like, it's just, it's it's weird. It's, like, everybody has a different reasoning. Like, oh, that's not natural or your choice doesn't fit in. And with people what I'm feel doing. like they are they can just say what they want. Yeah. And they don't have to filter and, you know, everything's just We've got a whole generation of people that are really, really cool with uh I guess running running their mouths and not getting checked for right. it. I guess is the best way that I can put it. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people grew up in my generation with being able to say whatever they wanted and just being able to classify it as, Oh well that's my opinion, that's how I feel. But um 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, real world consequences come. You know what I mean <laughs> when you make real world comments. You know right. what I mean, and that's yeah. I've had to do that a couple times, and it's unfortunate. But like I've had situations where my safety has been compromised, and I've had to do things that I didn't want to do. But absolutely, you know what I mean. Consequences come. You yep. know what I mean when they when you come knocking. I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> right. Run, run. <laughs> So we were talking about, like, toxic masculinity earlier in the show and everything. (laughs) And, you know, like, um, we all know gender is a performance. And, uh, like, you know, for – how does, like – so toxic – how do I put this? Toxic (laughs) masculinity is, like, how how we see, like, masculinity and how we see, like, the male presentation. So when, you know, butch lesbians or – trans guys or you know people like that are trying to learn like or trying to like um get more comfortable with presenting as masculine how do you think like the standards for masculinity that we have in our society like toxic toxic masculinity how do you think that plays into it like do you feel pressure to be macho do you feel pressure to be like you know i i feel like it's a problem that some people feel pressure to be like misogynistic almost yeah i don't know i mean i know that in a lot of the circles that i've ran in especially with like the butchier lesbians and even in my own um situations i've i've noticed that not even it's not even just a a thing that you put on yourself it's not something where you're just sitting over here like it happens obviously where you're sitting there and you're like i need to kind of pass a little bit for girls to be like oh that's a that's butch you know what i mean but i've had girls that i've dated that have like asked me to be you know what I mean? Like more butchy and right. do more of the misogynistic kind of like male things to them because they're like, oh, well, that's just like how you're presenting. I'm assuming that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? And, and in my case, especially um, younger me was really into like the douchey frat boy, <laughs> butch lesbian. Um, now I'm more just like chilled out and I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to do what I feel is comfortable at this you're point. You're not wearing a backwards baseball cap. and I could have. I honestly <laughs> could have. It would have been a look. <laughs> he does that more than you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> how about the family? <laughs> and we're um, not comfortable talking about Oh, no. I'm, I'm an open book. Okay. Ireland knows that. Ugh, it's weird. Ugh, I don't like that. Ireland? It's Ellie to me. Ellie. Yeah. It's Ellie to me, but uh, Ireland to everybody else. But, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, my immediate family, my sisters, my two sisters are totally fine with it. I've had to break up many of fights at school because my sister has been trying to hurt somebody else because Aww. of things that they've said. Super cute. Right. I raised Aww. them real. Uh, um, my mom, it took a it took a little bit of time to bring her around, I guess. And that's just for the the, the gay thing. You haven't even come yeah. Out we to haven't even with... we haven't even gone to the gender thing. But right. Yeah. But everyone else in my family has been pretty pretty cool about it so I've, I've been very lucky with it thankfully. so the yeah. supports the hair you, you know you to some a... de- as much as they can give yeah I guess okay. as much as it's, just, it's a learning curve yeah as much as point. they're capable of giving right. I don't expect anything from but them but it sounds like they're kind of coming along yeah on, on a pace and yeah as long as they as long as they respect me that's all that really right. matters well, you know what I mean <laughs> that's what's important for everybody right. um, and then you shared the story about uh, in the I guess I can't imagine that happening um, you were in the, uh, Good old Avon. Yeah, in the gym. <laughs> and it was a gym teacher? Uh, yeah, that... actually, it was a um, not just a gym teacher. It was a school teacher. She taught actually science. She taught science in the hallway down from the hallway that I was in. And she had a daughter who was a year younger than me. And she coached that year. And she didn't like me from jump. And I didn't know why. And then it made a whole lot of sense when we had that conversation. And, you know, afterwards, my mom went and... Uh, 
had a conversation. Gave her a handled it. Handled it. Handled it. <laughs> you said you That's were fine awesome. with um, when she tells you to go into the boys' locker room. Yeah, I mean, were the boys fine? With yeah, that? like all the guys that were in that locker room, I was friends with. Like I was like, yeah. We knew this was going to happen. I'm here. And they were like, all right, just don't look at us. And I was like, trust me, everything that you've got going on over there is nothing that I want to see. So we're <laughs> good on that aspect. Like, we're good. So, yeah. yeah so then, then that – and it worked its way out. I mean, it didn't go to the administration. Or oh, no. It had to go to the administration. We had to go the full nine. It took forever. But that's yeah. almost backwards in the sense that – Oh, yeah, they, that, they I have made, to, that I have they, to justify. And you went into the – they put you – they made you because you yeah. were bad to go into the boys' locker room. And like everybody else was like, yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. what I wanted to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was I, like, that's that's great. <laughs> Thank you for that gender re- affirmation right there. But, but it was because they were trying to maybe shame you. Yeah, it was shame. It and was, then it was also on top of it, it was just like my playing time was getting cut. And so I was getting of... less reps, you know what I mean? And I was getting less attention for things that I needed. Well, what sport? I'm sorry. It was uh, softball. Softball. Okay. And that blows my mind. Okay. <laughs> Literally, it's... it's the sport for lesbians. Exactly. <laughs> it was created for lesbians. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Move on. Um, so, like, uh, um, yeah. I, I guess <laughs> we're, like, running out of time, so I don't have much time to talk about it. But, um, yeah. Do you So, do you find that your labels are important to you? Do you think that I think that labels in general are important? I think that labels to me now are less important because I'm older and I'm more secure in myself. But I know for the younger generation, it's very important for them to be able to start navigating themselves with them. So I think when you're younger, for sure, if you need to put yourself in a box, do it. But as you get older, it becomes less and less needed, I feel. Awesome. so. Well, there's, there's so much to this, and we really appreciate you coming yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, guys. no, yeah. and we're looking forward to the second part of this segment. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we'll have you back. Well, we'll definitely have you back on and, you know, absolutely. go Thank to you. chapter two on. on <laughs> Good old uh, update. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, we want to give a shout out to our um, listeners and the volunteers who make this program possible. I'm Ireland Meacham. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Pressleff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. Our interns are Jasper Tony and Ireland Meacham. For Blooming Out Radio on WFHB, I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Frankie Pressleff. Remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from your Blooming Out family. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is blooming O-U-T at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening.